Hello, good morning. I'd like to share with you today from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. But here is what I tell you who are listening. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who call down curses on you. And pray for those who treat you badly. Suppose someone slaps you on one cheek. Let them slap you on the other cheek as well. Suppose someone takes your coat. Don't stop them from taking your shirt as well. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't ask to get it back. Do to others as you want them to do to you. Suppose you love those who love you. Should anyone praise you for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And suppose you do good to those who are good to you. Should anyone praise you for that? Even sinners do that. And suppose you lend money to those who can pay you back. Should anyone praise you for that? Even a sinner lends to sinners, expecting them to pay everything back. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then you will receive a lot in return. And you will be children of the Most High God. He is kind to people who are evil and are not thankful. So have mercy just as your Father has mercy. If you do not judge other people, then you will not be judged. If you do not find others guilty, then you will not be found guilty. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good amount will be poured into your lap. It will be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The same amount you give will be measured out to you. When we begin to think about the words of the gospel we read today, we realize that all this is nothing new for us. We are exhorted to love. We already know it. We are exhorted to forgive. We are exhorted to not pay back with evil. We are exhorted to live as righteous, godly, or saints. We are exhorted to be good people. In short, we are exhorted to be good Christians. How difficult it is to be a good Christian. We live in a world that has been shaped for a couple of millennia by the Christian teachings. When you hear in our society that you have to respect others, not discriminate against, be polite, love everyone, when we hear a lot that in Canada we are respectful of everyone and we want to be good citizens, respecting our neighbors, we think, where does all this respect and love way of life that characterizes us come from? When I was a teenager, I belonged to a Boy Scout group. I was a Boy Scout for many years, and I remember that the Scout's promise was like this. I'm translating. I think it should sound the same in English. On my honor, I promise to do everything that depends on me to fulfill with God, the country, and humanity, and make a good deed to everyone every day and abide by the Scout Code of Honor. At the group where I attended, there were many Catholics, some Jews, very few Protestants, and of course, surely some who didn't believe in anything. But they all shared this philosophy. And so we can see it in many circles of society, such as the Lions Club, 
the Kewanians, the Freemasons, etc., etc. You can imagine. Where does this philosophy of life, of doing good deeds to others, come from? Of course, from Christianity that shaped this world in these last two millennia, and more specifically from Jesus' teachings. Although today many people reject Jesus Christ and his church, it must be recognized that neighborly love is something taught by the people of God, the people of Israel to whom Jesus belonged and later perfected by him. I don't even want to imagine what it'll have been like before. There were many cultures besides pagan that were very wild and primitive civilizations in the world that didn't have this way of life that we have today. There are many atheists today who reject Jesus Christ as the Son of God and don't want to believe in any God, but they easily accept this whole philosophy of love, of neighborly love, without knowing its origin. And why do they do it? Who told them that this has to be done? Who said that this is good to do? C.S. Lewis says this, Early on, when I didn't believe in God, my argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of unjust and just? A man doesn't call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? The same thing happens with many atheists. They already have an idea of what is good and evil because they have been raised in a culture that was shaped by the values of Christianity, even though now they want to get rid of Christ in every area. Otherwise, if you don't believe in Christ, why follow his teachings? If we don't believe in Christ, we can do whatever we want in life, even evil things. Why doing good things? If God doesn't exist, and we'll never be judged. Even our laws and constitutions are written and based, many of them, in our Western society on the basis of the Ten Commandments. It's the same here in Canada, the English Common Law, the Magna Carta, as well as the constitutions of European and American countries. That is why today we see that atheists also behave almost like Christians without realizing it. And we even see many atheists who are even better people than some Christians, sometimes in this sense. The question this morning that can distinguish us from atheists, for example, is why are we Christians called to live like that? Why do we have to observe the golden rule that the confirmants are learning right now? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. For two reasons. First of all, because we want to follow and obey our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we say we believe, because that is God's law. We know that we are not perfect, that we can never fully comply with God's law, but it's our north, our guidance for life. Martin Luther said in this regard, God doesn't need your good works, but your neighbor does. By doing good, we'll be able to show what the love of God is all about. We are going to announce the gospel through neighborly love, 
And that is one of the fastest and most effective ways for people to turn to God. Christians are called to set an example of God's love in the world. Even if we can never be great examples because we are human beings, we are not perfect and we are sinners, but that should be our way of life. And second, we have to do it if we want to live a good and blessed and God-favored life. For whatever we sow, we will reap. This is the love sowing and reaping that is also expressed in the gospel, just as the golden rule expresses it. If we want to be loved, we must love. If we want to receive prosperity in life, we must remember to give in general, to give to the church and to our neighbor in need. We must be generous, as the gospel says today, give and it will be given to you. A good amount will be poured into your lap. It will be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The same amount you give will be measured out to you. And this is not only true for offerings or money. It applies to all aspects of life. If we want to be forgiven, we'll have to forgive. This is how we will receive the reward. Then you will receive a lot in return, and you will be children of the Most High God. And here we are not only talking about the reward of eternal life. We are talking about the fact that we are going to also reap a reward in this life. We are going to reap exactly what we sow in this life. There is a practical aspect that I'd also like to clarify today when it says, love your enemies. This seems very idealistic to us in this modern society. How difficult it is to love certain neighbors, especially when we know they hate us or are just bad people. Here the gospel is not talking about tolerating, bullying, or allowing them to continue to harm us. It goes like this. Do good to those who hate you. In a word, it's saying that we don't have to pay back in kind. There are people we can never love because they won't even let us get close or they won't be willing to accept any forgiveness or reconciliation. But what we can do is not act in the same way as them. Because hate brings more hate. Remember that what we give comes back. It's Jesus' golden rule. And that applies to all areas of life, in all imaginable aspects, from what we think, speak, say out loud, act, etc., etc. From the most hidden and recondite thing we have in our hearts, it comes out and returns in the same way to us, to our lives, to our health, to our relationships, to our financial situation, to our families, etc. That is why it's very wise that we not only follow the teachings of Jesus because we love him, but also for our own convenience and blessing in life. We are already invited in this life to forgive, to accept forgiveness, to love, to be loved, not to judge, so as not to be judged, to give in order to receive. When my wife does me a favor, I like to joke and tell her, you'll be rewarded in heaven. However, It won't only be in heaven, because what we sow in this life is also reaped in this life, and not only in heaven. Amen. 
Have a fantastic week. Thank you.